You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back and Merry Christmas. So I hope that this Advent season finds you prepared to celebrate with great expectation um, that Christ has come to us and also just that we would be eager for his return for the day he comes back. So the Advent devotions that we've been sharing throughout the week, we're reading through Luke's gospel just bit by bit, and church family members are sharing with us some of the insights that they gained from studying the passage. And our attempt is to keep everybody encouraged and focused uh, as we move through our Advent season. Well, today, my friend is Abby Aldridge. Hey, Abby. Hey. Abby, uh, so there are a good number of folks in the church that know and love you, and there are a lot of folks who don't know you yet. So let's take just a second to introduce you. You're fairly new at the Carterville Church family, right? Mm-hmm. How long have you worshipped with us? Um, I have been here for about three years. Right. And I officially became a member at the beginning of this year, and I do believe it was January. I think that sounds right. And so you're engaged tonight. You guys are Mm -hmm. doing really well. And he shared a devotion a couple of of weeks back, so our church family would have heard that. Um, All right. Well, as you get ready to share, let me thank you for the way that you served in our college ministry and our student ministry in so many ways. We've been blessed to have you, and we're blessed today that you're going to share your devotion. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, so I'm reading from Luke 2, 6 through 12, and I'll just, you know, jump right in there. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And... Um, so, you know, in, in these verses, you see basically like the climax, you know, you see the event that the whole Bible has been pointing to just the, the savior of the world coming. Um, and the, I think the coolest thing for me is looking at who the first people called to see him are. So, you know, you have this major event and the people that the angels go to first are shepherds. Yeah. And so... You know, the people that are the downcast in society, um, it's, it's kind of unheard of and shocking. Yeah, so, you know, just a little nugget that I'll pass mm-hmm. pass off, Abby. I don't know if anybody cares about this today, but this is interesting to me. In the Old Testament, you know, shepherds are noble people. Yeah, I mean, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Moses. You know, in the Old Testament days, mm-hmm. I mean, the ancestors of Israel, the patriarchs, I mean, these guys, that's who they were. They're shepherds. But something changed, and it was a radical change. Um as time progressed, and especially after the exile, the people who were watching the sheep, shepherds, were just hired hands. It wasn't their sheep anymore. You know, David fought, you know, lions for his sheep, mm-hmm. but these hired hands uh, who were, you know, 
paid shepherds, they developed a pretty poor reputation. So by the time of Jesus, shepherding had gone from a very noble um, profession, I guess, to really one that had a shady, very shady reputation. You know, they were they were dirty. They were considered uh, dishonorable and sometimes even untrustworthy, you know, because one of your sheep might disappear and you suspect did the shepherd actually take it for himself or did they really yeah. protect it? You know, so much so that in John chapter 10, you know, Jesus talks about uh, the people who came before him were thieves and robbers and he's the good shepherd and everybody else is acting like a like a hired hand who won't protect the sheep, but he is a good shepherd. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. But, but you're right, you're right. In the in the Bethlehem story, the shepherds that meet the angels, they were not a privileged class. I mean, they were common, ordinary folk um, who, by some people's estimation, were really kind of a low class, uh, low class of their society. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. That that really just brings it home for me, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, and that was just really encouraging reading through it and you know I've been looking at the passages like just in kind of different lights with the points that people have brought out and so it was really incredible just to read this for me you know I wonder for our church family Abby I wonder why the shepherds were the first people invited yeah I mean you think about it God could have invited anybody I mean the the first you know the first guest could have been the magi we don't think they were Right, these these wise people, kingly figures with wealthy gifts. It could have been noble people. It could have it could have been priests. It could have been well, good grief! It could have it could have been anybody. But it's as if it was intentionally designed that the first guests outside of the family were going to be these shepherds, and I just can't help but wonder why. Yeah. In my head, I kind of linked it with, you know, throughout his ministry, Jesus is always associating with people who are, quote-unquote, the least of these. Yeah. And dealing with um, tax collectors and everybody. Nobody wants to hang out with the people that he is spending time with. Um, And I wish I, you know, had it right on hand. But as far as, you know, he didn't come here for the people who don't need a doctor. He came for the sick. Yeah. To heal the broken and the needy. And I think that... It starts right here in his birth. It's and something that's carried out throughout his whole ministry. You know, everything. I mean, to me, everything about the birth of Christ was was um, sort of clothed in humility. I mean, so here's the story, right? God in the second person of the Trinity, God is going to come to the earth and walk among us. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this triune God, the second member of the Trinity is going to be born into flesh and walk among us and eventually die on a cross. And everything about the story, everything about it is is humble. You know, I mean, that he would, according to Philippians 2, you know, that equality with God was something he didn't want to cling to. And he poured himself out, made himself nothing, took on the form of a servant, was obedient even to death on a cross. Um, everything about the incarnation of Jesus was humble. He chose to be born to a, a humble and poor family. You know, he, he chose to um, be visited first by shepherds. And I just, I don't know, I think it perfectly fits the story that everything about Christ's birth uh, demonstrated that God wasn't just coming for Caesar Augustus or Herod the Great. He was coming for everybody. There's no class that was below him that he loved his people and was coming in a powerful and humble way. I just think it kind of communicates the message, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the other thing I think about too, Abby, it, um, is 
I wonder if there's not almost a foreshadowing of the ministry of Jesus. You know, I know this is silly because he he was he was a carpenter, not a shepherd, but in a in a more um, figurative way, he was a shepherd. Like as a rabbi, as a teacher, as a Messiah, mm-hmm. uh, he really was a shepherd. And sometimes he would say things, you know, like if you strike the shepherd, the sheep are going to be scattered. A prophecy from Zechariah that he uh, put upon himself. Or he would look at the people and he would say they're like sheep without a shepherd. Or like in John chapter ten where he said, "I am the good shepherd," you know. And uh, or his parables, you know, about a lost sheep, and I just I don't know. I, I, I see his ministry so much through the lens um, of a of the good shepherd, and I just I think how neat it is to have these shepherds coming in with with Mary and Joseph. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's an awesome text, uh, Abby. Thank you for coming in to read with us today. Is there anything else you want to say to our church family as we wish them a Merry Christmas and get ready to celebrate our Advent season together? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Well, church family, God bless you. Abby, thanks for being with us today. We enjoyed it. Oh, it was great to be here. Yep, Merry Christmas, Abby. Oh, Merry Christmas.